All right, Blue Collar Bengals, week three, Monday night football preview. Should Joe Burrow play Monday night or not? That and more coming up on Blue Collar Bengals. Here we are, Sunday, 11 a.m. A full NFL slate is coming at you guys, but we know that you need your Bengals fix. So we're going to do a little bit of previewing for Monday night. Ron, how you feeling? I see a Skyline shirt on, hashtag Skyline partner. Rep the city, yeah, hashtag Skyline partner. I love it. I feel good. Uh, I hate that there's no Bengals football today, but at least we get a surprise game tomorrow because I wake up and kind of always forget that it's prime time. And then get reminded by the old Twitter feed and uh, get excited. How you doing? Um, yeah, I I put it out on Twitter last night. I, I I hate Sundays without the Bengals, but I also love them because I've got five TVs sitting over there, and I'm going to put five NFL games on them, and I'm just going to watch them and I'm going to enjoy them. I'm not going to yeah. feel every emotion known to man: anger, stress, sadness, worry, discomfort. I'm just going to eat a bunch of terrible food and lay on this couch for like 14 hours today. And I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah, that's a good point. We don't have the anxiety of our team. Right. And, uh, right now, uh, this team is ripe with anxiety, dude. How about this quarterback situation? We got to talk about it is should Joe Burrow play? My thoughts. You want my thoughts right now? Uh, I, uh, I think I see. Uh, I think he's going to get out there and play. You think he's going to uh, play? That's the reason I got Joe Burrow. Uh, I would love to see him play. Um, and uh, here's the reason: if I sit here and, and I mentally have to prepare for a Joe Burrow lust game and a Jake Browning game up in the old noggin here, I might go crazy. You know, so that's where I'm at, dude. If he's healthy, I hope he plays. I. I don't think that he's going to play, and I hate to say that, but I, I, I don't think that he's going to be able to go. I think the McCarron signing, I think that them bringing Reed Sennett back, something tells me that we're going to see Jake Browning run out of the tunnel in a crispy white helmet. We might. We might. Browning and uh, who else we got? Who else did they elevate there? I don't think they've elevated anybody yet. I think Senate's still on the practice squad and McCarron was signed, but he is on the practice squad. So they haven't elevated anybody to the game day roster here, but we do have that to talk about AJ McCarron, the former backup who almost ended the Bengals playoff drought back in what was that? 2015. 15. Yeah. He's absolutely. back in the building. He had a, yeah, he had a uh, okay year that year with us, something like nine hundred something. Uh, so uh, we talked a little bit. I don't think that Sun or Monday, uh, uh You said works with him or the team. He's not going to play Monday. I think a lot of people thought that they they might have brought him in to play Monday. I can't see them putting him in on two hours notice or two days notice. Excuse me. It's not like when it's not the same system as when he was here before. So if, if we had the same staff, if Hugh Jackson was still around or whatever, maybe you could plug and play him. But I think that's why they brought Senate in because they're going to need an emergency backup quarterback if Browning's the guy. And Senate was in there through camp. He knows the offense. He knows the system. Um, I just have a, a a bad feeling because of some of the moves that have been made that Burrow's not going to be able to go Monday. Shout out to Sir Boy Wonder five one three. Absolutely big Hooday energy. No matter what, he was down there last week with one of those giant Bengals hats. I need to get myself one of those pretty badly. Um, but I don't think that there is. I, I don't know. The, the the moves just make me feel like. He's not, he's not going to be there, and I, I don't know exactly how I'm going to process that because I will be there, section one twenty four. Um, so I don't know. I think we're having some technical issues. 
that's Sunday morning for you, baby. Um, Ron's got some technical stuff going on. He's going to probably hop back in and I'll bring it back in. So all you get is my big ass dumb face right now. Um, I don't know how or why they would bring McCarran in and sign him instantly if they didn't think that there was a chance that they were going to need him. So Sir Boy asks, do we think Joe Burrow is going to play tomorrow? I know that Ron was saying that he thinks that he will. I personally do not think that he is. I have a bad feeling in my stomach that we're going to get the inactive list 90 minutes before game time on Monday, and they're going to tell us that Joe Burrow is out. And for me personally, that bothers me because his playing status depends on what jersey I'm wearing. Do I wear the white Burrow? Do I wear the white Mixon? If Burrow's not playing, I feel like I need to put the 28 on so maybe he can carry this team to a victory on his shoulders. And everybody knows what jersey I wear absolutely matters to the team. I think that that's been proven. I think it's a scientific fact at this point. Um, so I don't feel that he's going to play. I hope that I'm wrong, but I also understand that maybe this guy just needs to shut it the fuck down for a little bit. But the problem with that is all of these doctors, I think it was Dr. Chow. There was a doctor from the 33rd team. I can't remember her name. Um, they all have said if he doesn't play a week, it does nothing. It's either sit him for multiple weeks so this can heal or try to play through it and manage it. So at this point, I don't know how long they would have to shut him down. So I'm wondering, does the McCarran signing a guy with valuable NFL snaps, a guy that for whatever it's worth, looked pretty damn good in the XFL. You can take that for what it's worth. It is the XFL. Did they bring a guy with that kind of veteran presence to be the primary backup to Browning for four weeks because they IR Burrow or to push Browning and maybe become the starter of Burrow go IR. And for whatever reason, he doesn't look very good on Monday night. If Browning looks like shit, that's kind of the fear that I have. And I think that we got Ron back. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Only my big dumb face for like two, three minutes. That's I'm okay. sorry. Poor people. It's okay. That's showbiz baby. Right. So what are we talking? What were you talking about? Keep going. Roll right into it. Uh, I was just answering some questions in the chat about Burrow. So Max Ingram here says I could see them starting him and then any inclination of playing boom Browning goes in. I'm not sure that I agree with that just because if Burrow doesn't feel good to go pregame, I think that they would sit him. I and think, yeah, it's a game time decision, like they're saying. So, like, if he's at game time and before the game, he's saying, I don't think I can do it, there's no way they let him go out there. But here's the thing does Burrow say that? I because don't know. From everybody around the team and in the locker room, they say it is hard as hell to get this guy to sit out. He's a warrior. That's the problem. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to, like, I think it's going to come down to either Zach or the trainers telling Zach, like, look, dude, he needs to sit. You know what I mean? So, and I, I don't know. So do you, if you leave it up to Burrow, I think he's going to go, nah, man, I'm good. I'll play. Do you have any breakdown of the Mike or the, the, the golf cart ride? I think with, with Mike Brown in practice, because there's been a lot of people breaking down the golf I, cart ride. No, I don't have a breakdown, but I honestly, I think that was a whole lot of nothing, man. I think that was Mike just checking in on Joe's headspace. You know what I mean? Well, people are like fucking saying that like Burrow didn't look happy when he got off and they're like psychoanalyzing his facial expressions from like kind of a grainy video. I think that Mike pulled up and he was like, Joe, hop on. Joe hopped on. They drove around. He was like, Joe, I need you to teach me how to use this new iPhone. I don't know what I'm doing. I think there's a clause in Burroughs contract that says he has to help Mike Brown with his cell phone. Okay. And another question from the chat. Since he Jake says, what's the worry about him playing? Can he make this worse? He can make it worse because it's a, it's a strain that pretty clearly isn't fully healed, um, yeah. which can become a clean break. And yeah. People have said this on Twitter. I'm not a fucking doctor, so I don't know. But some said that that could turn into an Achilles injury. I'm not smart enough to know if that's true or not. Well, it's all connected, man. Um, I've had, unfortunately, I'm on the verge of a fifth knee surgery myself here. So, like, you hurt one thing in the leg, it's connected somehow to something else in the leg. So, like, you just have to be careful. So that that muscle where he's he's got that that strain, 
it drips right down into the Achilles. So like if you we, if you have a severe injury there on that muscle, then your other tendons and everything have to compensate for it and they can they can become injured just because they're trying to put more load than they're used to to compensate for the injury. And again, I'm not a doctor either, but it can lead to worse injury, man. Yeah, and that's kind of I think that's kind of the fear. And uh, my buddy Patrick Schweikert says he's tough, but man, this is a trend of feels good, then tweaks it and back and forth all season. Just take the rest time. Seems like the long term better choice. And the reality of that situation is it may be the long term better choice for Joe Burrow's health and Joe Burrow's calf, but it is not at all the best long-term choice for the Bengals season. And I think that's what he and everybody else is wrestling with because let's not, let's make no bones about it. If Burrow's out, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Browning is um, not promised land, dude. Yeah. So, and it could, can McCarron maybe come in after he gets, you know, the system under his belt and, and win a couple games and keep us afloat if Burrow has to sit for four or five weeks. I think that he could, I think he could beat, the Seahawks. I think he could beat the Cardinals. I think that he could. So I do have a little bit more faith in the backup quarterback situation because I was very vocal when the wheel will Greer went to the Patriots and signed to their active roster. I was very vocal on Twitter and I said that the Bengals backup quarterback situation is malpractice. Yeah. So is this the Bengals realizing that and saying we need to get a guy with some snaps just in case, or is this a sign of a bigger move? Like, them putting Burrow on IR after Monday because they want to keep everybody guessing and make sure they pack the house for Ring of Honor night. I can't. I I came in hot here today with the I got to pretend Joe Burrow's playing or I'm going to go crazy. But like when reality sets in, man, I tend to agree with with people who are saying put him on the IR, get him healthy. Uh, he's got a long career ahead of him. I mean, I I do think Browning is the guy Monday, right? If it occurs, but bringing in McCarron, a guy who is, is not starting cold, you know what I mean? Because he was an XFL guy. He wouldn't be starting cold if he came in and played, probably not Monday, but, you know, was the guy going forward if they have a little competition in camp. Um, I think he could do all right. I mean, he he's a bridge guy. I mean, he's, he's proven to be kind of a journeyman and could play. And like you said, some of these games I think are winnable, but, like, we're fucked we're without Burrow. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, this is going to be an interesting time if Burrow does sit, because I I see all the talk about Joe Burrow's weapons are what makes him and he's not that good. He's just got all these receivers. And if that's the case, then Jake Browning should be really fucking good. Should he not? Um, Comment. Andrew Gordon says, I don't know if this has been addressed, but that pullover is tough. This is the old nineties starter. Bruce Coslett esque pullover. And I just kind of saw it in the closet this morning. I felt, I felt like this was the play. Um, so I'm going to answer one more question from the chat. And then we've got a special yeah. guest to talk about something about that. that's, that's also hilarious. very, very important. Um, Patrick says, did you fellas get to see any of the workout from AJ and Cincy? If so, how did he look? I did not see any footage of the workout. Um, but I know very shortly after the workout was announced, uh, the first person I saw was shout out to Olivia Ray. She had posted it first quickly after I saw that he was signed to the practice squad. So I'm guessing it looked pretty good. So if Burrow plays or if he doesn't play something that is going to matter this week is offensive line play. Yeah. Aaron yeah, Donald is coming have. to town. And, uh, I, I was kidding on Twitter saying, <laughs> You're welcome. So we've got a special guest that is going to come on to talk Bengals offensive line versus Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams front. You're going to see him on the screen. You need to make sure that you are following at Parker Blake 60 on the old X app. When I tell you that he is my go-to for offensive line knowledge, analysis, breakdowns, questions, all of that shit. This is absolutely the man that you need to talk to and you need to make sure you're following. So we're going to bring in the one, the only Parker Blake. Parker, how you feeling, man? Dude, I am feeling great early in the morning today talking some Bengals football, man. It's nothing I'd rather be doing, man. Absolutely, man. You got the the Jamar flipping off Minka picture in the background. I always love that when I see you on camera. So that's, oh, yeah, that's great. So... It is early. You're in Utah, right? What time is it out there? Uh, it's 9.15 in the morning right now, man. Just starting my work day with the Bengals, I guess. You know, let's get it going. So 
So when I text you this morning, was it like 5 a.m. out there? Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> My bad. I'm a dick. I'm so sorry. No, you're good, man. I was I was knocked out. So you're all right. You're all right. So looking at the Bengals offensive line that you've seen over the last two weeks, and I'm sure you've taken a look at the Rams defensive line because you are the trench god, as I call you. What are your expectations for Bengals offensive line versus Rams defensive front this week? Yeah, no, I think it's – I've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, I think the Bengals are going to do this. I think the Bengals are going to do that. But I think with what they have going on and kind of – I mean, they know what they have up front. I feel like they feel confident in it. Um, I'm not extremely worried about this Rams front outside of Donald. I know they have – I mean, their guys get paid too. They still got players out there that are to, get out there and try and get after it. But I don't think the Rams move Donald around. So as long as they're handling him on the interior, they're getting two bodies on him and they're trying to lock that down. I feel good about it. I still, I, I, I mean, we're going to see him get his Aaron Donald's going to get his, I think we all know that, but I think they're going to be able to limit him. They're going to be able to scheme away from him. And I, I feel good about it, man. I feel, I'm not worried about it. Like I was going into the Super Bowl. Do you feel any different about the protection or how it's going to look based on who starts? Does that change anything in your expectations or or how you think it might go? Because obviously if you're the Rams, you have to plan for Joe Burrow to be there until you know that he's not. And then if you find out it's Jake Browning, you're probably pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, I, I don't think anything is going to change dramatically. And I've talked a lot about how I'm not sure if, you know, Burrow is calling the protections or, they got Teddy up front making the calls and, you know, adjusting things. And I assume it's got to be Burrow. Um, and the only issues that would come with that if he doesn't play is, you know, maybe Browning is not as familiar with the scheme and how to adjust to th- certain things and how this group works. Um, he hasn't really worked behind them, I assume, outside of, you know, just practices and those situations. So, I mean, he could get himself into trouble. But if Burrow goes out there, I feel like they're going to have a pretty locked down. And the, the way they've been doing certain things this season that I've already seen, I really just expect them to they're gonna have two bodies on Donald. I've seen people talk about how they're worried that the Bengals wouldn't um double team Aaron Donald and I just that doesn't make much sense to me, especially with the new run run scheme. It's very combo block heavy. They're doing a lot of four man slides and protection, which means they should have at least two bodies looking at Donald and you know, kind of accounting for that. So I feel like schematically this team's ready. It's just, you know, it comes down to execution, it comes down to play calling and that's all stuff that you don't know until you get there. Yeah. And I, I think that if Burrow can't go, we're going to see a newfound dedication to the run from Zach Taylor, uh, Brian Kelly. And, and Zach gets a lot of shit for the play calls. I think it's, it's important for people to understand that in the Bengals play calling system, Dan Pitcher, Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, all extremely involved in it. Um, I think even at, at certain points last year, uh, the tight end coach, his name is slipping my mind, called some of the red zone packages. So there's a lot that goes into the play calling that I don't think that we should all pin on Zach. But if Burrow's not out there Monday night and we get to see Jake Browning in the color, the the, the white Bengal uniform, which is not quite as exciting as everybody was thinking, if that's the case, do you think that the Bengals find – more of a rhythm in the running game because they have to, because they'll focus on it more. Yeah, no, I, I've talked to a couple people about this and it's definitely an interesting question because I know, I feel like the Bengals come out every year and your offensive coordinator at the beginning of the season really just tries to define, Hey, our offense is going to be, this This is what we're going to be about. This is what we're going to strive for every week. And the Bengals just the last few years have just felt like they want to be two to one past the run. And that's just how the play calling goes. That's how it ends up after most games. Um, I'd be interested to see if they go away from that mentality or that theology um, purely just because Burrow's not back there. If they still try and they maybe hamp, like maybe water down the passing concepts they're running, but they still try and maintain that two to one. I mean, I think everyone don't want to speak for you guys, but you just said it. But I feel like everyone wants this to be a run-heavy game. If Burrow's not out there, I feel like Mixon's been running well. He's getting good lanes. He's getting really clean lanes. Um, and like I posted about earlier this week, it really just feels like they're one guy away most of the time in the run game when they're not getting these explosives. And usually that one guy, whether it's a block or a read or what have you, 
usually if we can get that to happen, there's nothing behind it. Like it's going to, it's going to pop off. It's going to be explosive. So I would love to see just in general, them run the ball more though. I don't think that's part of their kind of mindset. Um, but Frank Pollock's done a great job with the run game. And um, I've talked a little bit about just my coaching experience, kind of what that play calling looks like on game day on the sideline. Um, it's not just one guy saying, Oh, I feel like going like this, or I feel like running this right now, or just kind of making those calls throughout the game. It's really a community. And all these guys have the head headsets on. You got the run game coordinator. You got the and the O line coach. You got the receivers coach. The OC up in the booth that's got the bird's eye view. And then you're talking to your quarterback. So hopefully, once they get out there, um, whether or not Joe Burrow is out there, we I'd like to see more run game. I know it's been really simplistic so far. Um, factoring in that it's plus two divisional games, I think we could see some exciting stuff this week. So I kind of agree, and I wonder. Now that we got Ron back, Ron, how do you feel about game planning and how things should be called or schemed up if it's Browning and not Burrow? Yeah, again, uh, sorry for the technical difficulties today, man. I'm like I said, this is showbiz, but um, <laughs> I, I, I think you gotta go run heavy, and I, I don't know, like, like Parker was just saying, like, I don't know if that's in their DNA to do that, regardless of who's behind center. Um, even though, uh, we've become kind of this throw to the flat team, uh, that I loathe. Um, but, uh, like you're saying, Parker, it's like, dude, the lanes are there. We're just like one block, one chip, one like read from Mixon to go left or right for every run to just be a big one. Uh, and we alluded to this last episode, the dude's the best player on the team right now, flat out in terms of effort and play, um, so if we can go to him this week and like recognize that, I think we got a shot even with Browning back there trying to sling the ball. Um, and again, the technical difficulties, I'm sorry, but like, have you, have you touched on Donald at all? Or are we, have we been there yet? We did. So Parker was saying pretty much he's seen people say that the Bengals may not try to use two guys on Donald. And he pretty much believes that they will um, Yeah, because he's, Aaron fucking Donald and why wouldn't they? Yeah. Of um, God, I count for something that. I did want to ask Parker because you're a big PFF guy. I am a PFF is a good ballpark, but I don't live and die by it. But what I want to ask you as the trench God, as the trench expert, how has Orlando Brown jr. Truly been? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, overall he's looked really good. Um, I've, I've talked about how I think he's executing. I, he's doing his job on a consistent basis, right? Like he's getting out there. He's doing what he's supposed to do every play. Um, but the way I've looked at it, it's more of like a bare minimum. Like he's kind of just – he's getting out there. He's doing what he needs to do. He's, you know, losing every now and then like everyone does at the NFL. Um, but he, he's doing what he's supposed to do. But what I like would like to see from him and what I expected from him, I want to see him be dominant. I want to see him use – kind of that length that we've talked about, his his great play strength. I want to see him really, like, lock that in and start dominating some guys on some of these plays because I feel like what I've seen from him so far is really just he's getting in the way. He's not really punishing people. He's just kind of, like I said, out there executing his job, which, again, not a bad thing. You want guys to go out there and do their job, do their job well, and I think he's doing that. He's graded relatively well for me through two weeks. Um, I think he's the best guy on this line right now. Uh, but I just – I want to see more out of him. I don't know if that's me being selfish or greedy, um, but I'd love to see him just dominate some guys this week. What are you well, – he's a big, like, splashy free agent signing, right? Yeah. Sorry, Ron, go ahead. Yeah. Big splash. I mean, are you wanting to see him, like, finish these blocks? Is that what you're alluding to? Kind of like best guy on the field. But where, where do you think, aside from that, is it effort? Is it just like new scheme, need to figure this all out over the next couple of weeks? Like, how do you think he becomes dominant? Well, I've taken the new scheme stuff, you know, into account, um, especially when you're grading and maybe some things could just be, hey, I, I think I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to lock this in. I know this isn't going to be wrong. And the, the big issue I have, I don't think it's necessarily an effort thing, but he's not using like the traits that we expected to see out of him, like in pass protection. He's felt a lot more passive and reactive. He's not getting after guys. He's not punching dudes in the mouth. He's not stopping that momentum. He's just kind of redirecting traffic out there. And then I have not been impressed with him in the run game. Um, just he's 
again, just leveraging guys, getting in right the right position, stopping that their path to the ball. But I want to see him again. That's where I want to see him really finish blocks and just annihilate guys, especially at the second level if he's able to get up there. Um, but my biggest issue I think with him so far has been in pass protection. I, I really want to see him just jab guys in the chest and just stop their momentum completely and then run them out, run them out of the pocket. I think he can get collapsed late in pass protection, um, which isn't necessarily a problem because he's holding his ground as long as he needs to, but he's not really, again, anchoring, using that strength and just, just punching dudes in the chest, man. I just want to see him be strong and violent. Put some guys Play. on their ass. A couple yeah. of <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My next question is a hard one for me to ask. From my heart, it hurts to say and it hurts to ask, but I think it might be time or getting close to time. Do we have a Cordell Volson problem? Uh-oh. I'm rocking the white Cordell Volson today. It's my white jersey. I'll be wearing it Monday. Um, I don't think we have a Cordell Volson problem. I think we're just starting to see his strengths and weaknesses, lack of experience in the new scheme, lack of experience in the NFL, lack of the ex- lack of experience at high-level football coming out of an FCS program. Um, you got to look at what he did in college. Um, they were a very run-heavy team. He's a very competent, very successful run blocker. He's got great motor. He's got great finish. Um, he, he still has a balance issue. He's very hand heavy still. Um, that's something I wanted to see him work on from last season. But overall, I think we're just seeing that he doesn't have experience pass blocking consistently or at a high level. He didn't really do it in college. Last year was his first year in this scheme. And I think you're just seeing him work out the kinks of learning how to pass protect as dumb as, as, dumb as that sounds from an NFL line perspective. He hasn't done it a lot. And so you can see his upside with the run game. You can see his weaknesses in protection. And the fact of the matter is his weak spot is pass protection. Just from a technical standpoint, the Bengals are a very pass heavy team. So that's going to show more. You can look on the other side of um, 64 and you can look at Alex Kappa. And he's not been very good in the run game at all, but they picked him up as a pass protector. So he looks very efficient in pass protection, but he struggles in the run game. So if you're going to have, a Volson problem, then I think we have a Kappa problem. If we don't have a Volson problem, I think we don't have a Kappa problem. I think they kind of go hand in hand as they are very complimentary, I guess you could say, to each other. This guy's fucking good. That was so eloquent. That was so well put. This guy's good. I would have said him block bad. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I like to watch the game and tell you if a guy stinks or not. But the way you a lot of people do, man. Together, I wish I could do that. I got, I the way you that what, you just we, put that together was beautiful. We need to have him on more often, but it is, man. He's our trench talk guy. We got to go to him. So I've got one question. It, it's it's not uh, completely off topic because I believe this individual is an extension of the line because they block. What's going on at the tight end position? What are your thoughts? Uh, you, you don't need to, to truly get into uh, the uh, quarterback and, and receiver woes if you don't want to, but uh, Irv Smith out or doubtful this week. He's not been super productive. What the hell do you think's going on, man? Drew Sample season, baby. Second <laughs> round pick. Yeah, man. I Drew Sample looks good um, to go off of that. He looks great as a run blocker. Um, he, I think he's getting open in pass game. But Irv Smith, man, I I don't know. I know they didn't pick him up to be a blocker necessarily. He's kind of an extension of the passing game. But I need to see him try to at least wall guys off or – when he's coming across on split zone, at least impact that guy, not let him just get a free play. I've been very disappointed in him from a blocking perspective as that's what I love out of my tight ends, you know, bias or not. That's what I love to see. I love to see a tight end that get in there and get dirty. But I I think the biggest concerns that everyone has and should have, honestly, is the lack of production in the receiving aspect of his game. Um, and, And you can say it's been a lot of little things where, as the Bengals, as we all know with the Bengals, they're not the luckiest team in the NFL. So yeah, maybe yeah. he's just getting in some weird situations and trying to adjust to passes in a unique way, and that's <laughs> causing him issues. But I don't know, man. I need to see more out of him, and he's now going on his umpteenth incomplete season in the NFL, it looks like. So health is a is an issue. But I think – Everyone hates Drew Sample, man, but I he did show some a lot of good stuff last week, in my opinion, when I watched the film. So I don't I'm not concerned about the position overall. Would like to see them bring in a guy that can do a lot more and be a more well-rounded guy instead of having, you know, this is our pass catcher, this is our run blocker. But overall, I think Drew Sample is going to be fine. But Irv Smith's got a lot of concerns in my eyes. 
going yeah, back. I, I agree. Go ahead, Drew. I apologize. This is this is the internet show, baby. We're going to overlap a little bit. Going back to um, Volson real quick. I see a really good question from the chat from Andrew Gordon, and I was a big Cody Mouch guy. Um, he's missing teeth. He's got long red hair. He's got big red beard. He's a fucking offensive lineman. He says, comparing to how immediately impactful Mouch has been for the Bucks, are we confident that his ceiling in the world is in the world we need it to be? And I think that's a great question because that's a good comparison for him. Yeah, I mean, you got a guy in Bolson that was winning, winning, you know, all rookie honors last year. Um, so I don't think we need to be worried about him. I don't think a lot of people know that because I bring that up to people all the time. Everyone's like, "Whoa, what are you even talking about?" I didn't see that. But uh, I, he shows a lot of good stuff, and I think just as any rookie is, he's streaky. Um, I think there's a couple of linemen in this group that are streaky, where they'll have a, a run of good games and they'll have some issues, and it's not necessarily even just a schematic thing where he had a rough matchup, but it's just getting that consistency. Cause in the NFL, the biggest thing that you need as a player at any position is consistency. You need to be able to consistently perform because your consistency and being that, you know, I know what I'm going to get out of this guy is what will keep you on teams and keep you on that trajectory. Whereas I think Bolson, we're going to see it this year. He's going to have some really good games where you don't even think about him, and you're, he's going to have some time, some plays where it's just like, wow, I don't know what you're even doing here. So if he can figure out – and that's where I've talked a lot about. Everyone wanted the year one to two jump, which is great. I think I've, I've broken that down a little bit where I think a lot of, especially offensive linemen's big you know, production jump comes in year three because you spend year one learning how fast the NFL is. I mean, I know he started a full season, but you have to learn the speed of the game. You're seeing a lot of different stuff in the defense, especially from North Dakota State to the NFL. You're going to see a lot more unique looks. You're going to see a lot more pressures. Um, and then year two, you're kind of honing in your technique. You're fixing the problems that you were working through in year one. You're just, from a technical perspective, trying to get more consistent, like I just talked about. And then in year three, now you have two years under your belt. You've seen the speed of the game. Your technique should be much improved from when you first came into the league. That's when you really come into yourself as a player. So I think – if we're looking ahead to next year, if he comes out and struggles, that's when we might have a Bolson problem or we can look at wherever you want to look. I know there's been a lot of different critiques of different aspects of this team as far as offensive line play and development. But I think this year through two games, he looks just as I expected him to look. I wanted to be more balanced and stop being so aggressive, but that works out for him a lot sometimes. And that's just where you get some of these bad losses. I know a lot of people have talked about how the O-line sucks because you can have a great game, have two really bad losses that just flash really, really big on the screen. And everyone's like, oh, well, he sucks, obviously. So I just think it's just be patient. He's still he's second year in the league and he was a top rookie last year. I got one more chat question for you before we let you get out of here, because I know you got Utah shit to do. Um <laughs> Devin Ruck, what is the biggest di- what is the difference between Alex Kappa last year to this year? He doesn't seem close to the level that he was last year. I know you spoke on that a little bit um, earlier, just kind of where his strengths and weaknesses are. But do you see any other big difference? For sure, no. I um, honestly, I want to say that it's just the floor of the entire unit has raised. Right, Alex Kappa was dealing with a a lot of different right tackles and then a lot of issues yeah. from that position all season last year. So when you're looking side by side at the tackle to guard relationship, you're like, Oh, Kappa looks great. And then they were kind of, he didn't really have to do too much in the run game. I talked a lot last year, how I had concerns with him last year that no one talked about where in the run game, he just never got to the second level. He was okay being kind of just, I want to get this guy and just do what I need to do again, the bare minimum. Like I talked about earlier with, Orlando Brown, but I think if you really watched his game, Kappa still struggles in space, isn't a great run blocker, and now people are just – now that we have better line play overall as a unit, he's playing next to a guy that I think is better than who he was playing next to last year. And then, again, overall, the level of play that this zone line has been putting out on a play-by-play basis is better. You're now starting to see some of the weaknesses in some of these guys' games, like Bolson, like Karras, like Kappa, It's and it's just flashing more because now they're not – the premiere of this group anymore. They're starting to compete for who is going to be that in the bottom two every week, who's going to not be the top three, who's going to struggle the most, where are these matchups going to come from? And that's where I think this is a big week for him because I think he's going to see a lot of Donald. And again, he's a great pass protector. They picked him up as a pass protector. He's not an impressive run blocker. So if him and um, Ted are able to shut down Aaron Donald and 
I think this is going to be a great test for the interior line in general, which is what I think has been the weak spot of this group so far. Um, we're about to find out. I think through three weeks and through a couple of good matchups, we're going to see what this interior line is all about. And if they have a bunch of issues this week, you know, I'll be talking about it, man. So this man doesn't miss. <laughs> you bet. And also you Snoop Dogg videos. <laughs> What's that Snoop Dogg video? This motherfucker don't miss. <laughs> just, doing, right. just, just talking about the same game. We're all watching, man. Just talking about yeah, the same thing. Love it. I got one more thing for Parker before he gets out of here. Ron, you got anything else? No, dude. He's Parker, you're smarter than both of us. That's the reason you're on here. Uh, we sit here and <laughs> drag our knuckles and go, why did he get hit? And you analyze everything, and that's why you're here, man. I appreciate your time. Hey, we're all, right, all smart in our own way, man. We all know we're di- we're all, we all know we're different things. You know, I only know one thing, so I'll be smart in that area just for you guys. I don't, my Twitter mentions say I'm just a fat dumbass. So, <laughs> hey, me too. Me too. <laughs> so I need a Joe Burrow plays score prediction and a Jake Browning plays score prediction. Yuck, man. I don't Yuck. know, man. This Graham's <laughs> offense looks, looks legit, bro. And I, uh, I have Matt Stafford. I think as my backup on every fantasy team, depending on if Burrow plays or not, just because of what he's been able to do. So I think this is going to be a shootout, man. Which is not what I want to hear. Um, I think if Burrow goes in there, it, it really is a shootout, and we're probably looking at a 70-point total, so take the over, as we all know and love. I'm an under guy. I'm an under guy. I don't like taking the over. But um, I think if, if Burrow plays, let's call it – we'll call it 28-35. I want to go a little higher. I got to be conservative because NFL defenses are half decent, I hear. We'll give the Bengals a touchdown win over the Rams. Okay. And Browning plays – Man, I think if Browning plays, the Bengals try and really burn the clock, really try to burn the clock out there and keep the Rams off the field because that offense, again, has been doing a lot of good things. So we'll call that one. We'll call that one 21-24. We'll we'll have the Bengals edge it out because Evan McPherson just hits that game winner that we all know and love. Love it. I love it. I love it. He's confident either way. That's exactly the – We got this, man. The Rams aren't that great, you know. That's exactly what I needed. And yeah. for the record, Logan Wilson did not hold Cooper Cup. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> Parker, was not a hold. Was not a hold. we appreciate your time. I appreciate you getting up early in the – I'm guessing there's morning dew out there and shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate it, man. Um, I love interacting with you on the timeline, NDMs, all that stuff. Thank you for your time and your knowledge. Thanks for having me on here, guys. It's always a pleasure to talk ball. Always a pleasure to talk with the both of you. I'm glad I got to meet you guys last week in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just excited for football, man. I'm glad football's back. It's been back, and it's going to stay back. That's what makes me happy, man. Yes, sir. Uh, folks, that was hashtag Trench Talk with the Trench God himself, Parker Blake. And I'm telling you, dude, that guy is smart. Yeah. Really he's good. Way he's, smarter than He's that. so good. That's what he is, man. Whenever I want to see how the offensive line looked, I can get the PFF numbers, but I can get his breakdowns. He does like game day broadcast breakdown. He's so good. At Parker Blake 60 on the old Twitter slash X app. If you're not following him, you absolutely should. So we've got, we've got about, I don't know, seven minutes left of the target length of this show. So we're still going to have fun pregame no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, dude. That's the name of the game. That's what we're all about. I'm going to go out there. We're going to talk to people. We're going to get their thoughts, the good, the bad, and the ugly, dude. Browning, Burrow, doesn't matter, man. Got to have fun when you're wearing stripes. Absolutely. So I am going to go down early as shit. I think we're going to hit some lunch. Um, LFG Cincy, the clothing brand, they make a lot of really cool Bengals clothes, shirts, hats, reds, clothes, shirts, hats. They asked me to stop by their shop. I'm probably swoop through there, probably spend some money I shouldn't spend on some really cool stuff. Um, and then yeah, we're just bounce around tailgate lots, bullshit with people, see who's shotgunning beers because I've seen a few people trying to get Dana on the shotgun challenge now since I did it and lost. So I'm rooting for somebody wearing a Bengals jersey to take the guy down because I clearly couldn't do it. No, he's a dynamo. You just, you know, sometimes you poke the bear and the bear fucking bites. 
So you got to be rip my fucking face off. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I just, the whole, the whole like aura around this game, completely different with what's going on with our quarterback. So I don't know. I don't know what people are. I don't know, are they going to be happy? I think they will because they'll get liquid courage. You know what I mean? Everyone gets liquid courage when they when they slam a few and then they get really confident in their team. But uh, I can't handle an 0-3 Bengals fan base. <laughs> it's going to oh, be God, dude. Could you imagine this app right here that I have yeah, all I'll, these notifications from? Yeah, the old we'll Twitter to- app at 0-3? Oh, my God. And we haven't even talked about the fact that this is Ring of Honor night. Yeah, Chad Johnson is the reason that I love this franchise as a kid. I, I grew up wearing an Achilles Smith jersey, and I was a Bengals fan. But as I got old enough to really, really fall in love with football, it was because of Chad Johnson. I don't care if they were starting you at quarterback. I would not miss his Ring of Honor induction. And, of course, the legend Boomer. Yeah. So – they could trot out whoever they wanted. I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to eat Donato's and Skyline way too much and try not to get it on all my white clothes because I got an all-white fit. Yeah. I also took a page out of your book. I'm a fanny pack guy now. Dude. Picked up I'm a fanny pack. You. Yeah. And if, if, anybody, if anybody gives you guff about wearing a fanny pack, it's because they have not adopted the fanny pack lifestyle on game day. They just day. don't get it. No, they don't. They don't I've get it. I have three fanny packs I rotate, dude. Well, so, you know, we got we got mics that we clip on when we're talking to people and stuff to carry around. I'm shoving it in my pockets like a fucking doofus. And here you are just lifting the old shirt up, whipping the zipper open and stuffing it right in there. I was like, this guy's got to figure it out. What am I doing here? I got these bulky pockets, these orange striped pants. I look like a dumbass. <laughs> Do not let anybody shit on you for wearing a fanny pack, dude. They are a game changer, a life changer. You know what I mean? They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Your wallet, your keys, everything can fit in there. And you can get them small enough to where they fit underneath your shirt and people don't even realize you got them on. So I'm looking for a bangle. This may not, this may not even just be a game day thing. I may be an everyday fanny pack guy now. I am. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I am dude. It's like, it's a total game changer. You don't sit on your fat wallet anymore. You've got access to whatever you want. It's not a purse, you know what I mean? Like it's so it's not like obvious that you're carrying a weird bag because like it's a little weird, right? We can agree on that. I don't, I you know, I don't think it is. I think I've seen the light. It's a little bit weird. weird at all, even as a fanny pack guy. But don't let anybody tell you it's weird because weird is great, man. It's, it's a satchel. Indiana Jones yeah. wears one. Boom, right there. Absolutely perfect. I guarantee you. Someone on our team who's a lot cooler than you and I wears a fanny pack every now and then. Oh, absolutely, bro. T. Higgins is a fanny pack guy. I almost guarantee yeah. it. I bet T's got like a Gucci, a Louis, something way cooler yeah. than I can afford. He's got yeah. he's got a fanny pack going on. Not not a shitty Nike one. He's probably got a Gucci one. Yeah, absolutely. Mine's some sure. off brand I got on Amazon. It was like eight dollars. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure if you go back and you look at like the game day pictures of them getting off the jet, I'm gonna do this. For the next episode, I'll, I'll have pictures uh, if they exist. I don't know. Maybe they're not. Maybe we're wrong here, and it's not cool. It, we'll see if any of our guys wear fanny packs. Because uh, you mean to tell me us two dads sitting here yeah. on a camera in our houses don't know what's cool? Come on, I think guys. we we know. Yeah, I think we're fucking and young and hip. You're a fanny pack person. Let us know because like. You need to adopt the lifestyle. It's a good lifestyle. I'm going to wear, I got to get a white one. Now I'm going to go buy a white one because all mine are black, dude. I got to buy a white one for Monday. Are we, we going to get blue collar Bengals branded fanny packs? I think we need to. I do. <laughs> Hit like if you would buy a blue collar Bengals branded fanny pack. Carhartt, like a Carhartt blue collar. <laughs> yeah. I love yes, it. Dude. I'm in. I'm in, dude. All I don't right. know. Before we get out of here, I need your score prediction. We'll do it the same as Parker. If Burrow plays score prediction, if Browning plays score prediction, go. Dude, I don't think I know Parker said he thinks it's gonna be a shootout. Like, I don't I don't know that it is. I, I think like we're gonna lean on the run game either way, even though I said it's not our identity. I think it's gonna be like a 21-17 affair. Uh obviously I think we're gonna win. Uh if Burrow plays or not. Uh, I'm going 21-17. If Browning plays, um, I'm going to go like 
17 14 you know what I, you know what i mean with a mcpherson field goal i agree uh he's gonna we're gonna have to have golden foot out there rocket foot, money mac uh he's gonna probably have to bail us out man we have at least one, one buyer for blue collar Bengals fanny pack and embroidered one that's devin ruck he is ruck. he's team he gets, fanny pack i knew i liked that guy he gets the first one we'll just send him one if we make absolutely one. How about that? Um, <laughs> what is your i'm if Burrow plays, now I'm going to make my prediction operating under the thought process that if Burrow plays, he's not 100%. Yeah. I think the offense did start to find a groove in the second half uh, against Baltimore. It got pretty shysty out there. That last touchdown throw with the pressure coming at him where he's rolling back and he puts that thing right outside the end zone by the pylon where only Higgins is catching it. Shysty as fuck. Um, yeah. So Bengals play. 27 24 Bengals, or I'm sorry, Burrow plays 24 27 Bengals. 27 24 Bengals. I said that all fucked up. If Jake Browning plays, we're fucked. We're not going to win. I'm sorry. If Jake Browning plays this game, I'm going like, all right, 34 17 Rams. I think it's going to be ugly. And I hate to be that guy. I try, I'm trying to be a, a much more positive Bengals fan over the last couple of years because I used to be a real negative prick. I try to believe in him. I try to have faith in him. If Jake Browning plays, I think we're absolutely fucked. And I'm just going to enjoy watching Ocho and Boomer go in the ring of honor. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk? No Who van. Think- no van yeah. this week. No van. I put out a poll. I said, we're 0-2 in the van this year. Do I drive it? I put it up. The people have selected no van, so I'll just be in the truck. I got to go with what the people voted for. Majority rules. This is a democracy. How do we how do we decurse the van? Like how do like do we need to do like a like a seance or something with the van? Like what do we do? Uh, maybe an oil change because it's got fucking loser oil in it right now. You guys <laughs> need to go get the oil changed. Drain that, drain that sorry ass oil out. Put some winter oil in it. Maybe, maybe. i get the expensive we'll, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go synthetic. Even if it doesn't take it, just throw it in there. Even if it ruins it, ruins the engine. If we win, whatever, dude. It's a 2000. I don't think it takes synthetic. <laughs> oh, before we go, I, I do, I do want to talk about how excited I am about the Ring of Honor stuff. I know we didn't, we didn't really touch on it too much. And I had a lot of technical difficulties today, which I'll figure out on my end. But is it gonna be awesome regardless of us winning or losing or does ocho cinco i know i know boomer i know that but is hit is it a little bit is there like a little asterisk next to it and you're like damn i wish we won that for chad i will always not leave paycor stadium happy without a win but i also know that just my attachment to chad johnson and the fanhood of mine that I think just grew to this deep passion because of him. I think watching him go into the ring of honor is going to be like a top 10 moment for me, no matter what. Dude, yeah. Like you said, like he's part of the reason, like we were fans bef- before Chad, right? But like, yeah. he's, he's part of the reason that you fall in love with this team. You know what I mean? This organization. 100%. He created fans, dude. He like birthed yes. fans, which, antics is fun play and everything like so like this is a super special night it sucks that we're looking at a down Bengals team for it but i agree with you i think that like you gotta like block out all that shit and and like just focus on these guys that are getting inducted man yeah that's that's kind of the way i look at it too and we saw Ryan Finley take down a tough 11 and 0 Steelers team on monday night football in 2020 and yeah I called him Vanilla Vic, and now everybody on TV wants to use it for Daniel Jones, but I had it first. I'm just putting it out there. We've seen crazier things happen, man. Ryan Finley took down the undefeated Steelers on Monday Night Football in what was then Paul Brown Stadium. So all hope's not lost. Jake Brandon could pull off a miracle. You never know. Uh, I agree. I agree. I don't know. And if you don't have anything else left, man, where are you sitting? Just so the people know. I'm in section 124. I don't remember the row. Shout out to uh, Bet Jack for buying me the tickets, um, my official gambling partner. Um, no free ads, though, because they don't sponsor the show. No free ads. Um, but I will be in 124, um, acting a fool. I don't remember exactly what row. I'll have to look at it. I think it's like 20, 25, cool. maybe. Something like that. 
I'm on the end though. I like being on the end. I got in seats. That's nice. Yeah, dude, I got to pee a lot. So I got to get up and and go pee and I don't want to piss people off. Uh, I like the aisle seats, but we're, we're sitting separate because you're you're, your lovely bride to be correct. Correct. Yeah. She is. She is the one that actually said the end seats are good because she would rather be inconvenienced than inconvenience people because she's like a people pleaser. What a, what a kind individual. That's perfect. Yeah. Can't I'm more like, kick. fuck this guy. I got to take a leak. Whatever. He can stand up. <laughs> but. I love it. All right. Well, we are sitting separate this week, but we're going to be at pregame uh, doing all the same antics you always do like we talked about. I am going to continue to join First Star Logistics up in their area, up in their suite. Uh, I'm going to be sitting with some fun people this week, dude. Uh, Goodberry's going to be up there. Uh, who else we got? Hushmanzada, Kirkpatrick. Hushmanzada, Gary Owen. Gary Owen will be up there. I'm, je- I'm a little jealous of you this week. Yeah, dude. I'm, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not saying this to rub it in your face, but I want the people to know that there's some fun content coming. Uh, my fingers are crossed, and like I'm praying to the football gods that TJ rings up Chad and says, "Hey, dude, come to this suite. They got Donato's Pizza and Skyline. Uh, come hang out." Also, there's this sick ass dude here who wears a Mandalorian costume to some of the games. You got to meet this bro. If you take a picture with Chad Johnson, I'm going to Photoshop myself in it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties, guys. I'll figure it out. This ain't freaking Hollywood. A couple of dads with microphones. What do you got, Drew, to close us out? I, I think that's all I got. I'm going to give you one big who day, and let's hope we can turn this thing around Monday night. We'll, uh, we'll be back with a breakdown show on Tuesday, correct? Yeah, definitely. Yep, break down this win. That's right. We're going to be celebrating a win on Tuesday. We don't know what time yet. We'll figure it out and let you know on the internet. Sir, who day? Who day?